Hear the word of the Lord. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything, to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation the sword of the spirit which is the word of God and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests with this in mind be alert always keep on praying for all the Lord's people pray also for me that whenever I speak words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel to which I'm an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. This is God's word. Now, it's rather obvious when we read this passage that there is a connection with prayer. You notice in verse 18 that Paul moves from the place of describing this very familiar idea of the armor of God and then calls upon the body to pray. And yet, we're not just praying for ourselves, we're praying for one another. Uh, part of the difficulty we face in our era is there's such an emphasis on individualism. We want our Christianity to be for us, to be designed for us, to be focused on us. But as we read through the scripture, particularly as we read through the New Testament, and we see those many, many one another passages, love one another, submit to one another, be kind to one another, forgive one another. We also are to be praying for one another. And so the apostle takes this armor, this picture of the armor, picturing us putting on the Lord Jesus Christ, and then he calls us to prayer. So I want us to notice four very practical considerations when we think about the armor of God in prayer. First, the armor of God and prayer are united. Notice there's a conjunction in this translation. Actually, not in the Greek, but it's very appropriate because Paul uses a series of participles concerning the armor. We're putting on the armor of God, and now what are we to do that we're all girded, ready for battle? He says, pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. So, all kinds of prayers, all types of prayers, all means of praying. We pray privately. We pray corporately as we're doing tonight. We pray for our own spiritual needs and we intercede for others in the body of Christ. We offer prayers of confession and thanksgiving and petitions and intercessions for one another. And we pray on all occasions. Literally, Paul says, pray in all situations. There is never a setting where prayer is inappropriate. And so 
as he tells us to pray on all occasions, he's simply following along in explaining to us what he means when he, he says to put on the full armor of God and to take up the full armor of God. How do we do that? Well, he says, you gird your, uh, your waist about with truth. You put on the breastplate of righteousness. You, you uh, shod your feet with the preparation of, of the gospel of peace. You take up the shield of faith. All of those are participles. They're simply answering what does it mean to put on the full armor of God. And now in verse 18, we have yet another participle. And so Paul says, having done this, you're to be praying all kinds of prayers and requests, and you're to do that in the Spirit. And so we see the armor of God and prayer are united. Second, the armor and prayer turn our focus toward interceding for others. Now, Paul certainly wants us to pray for ourselves. We need to do that. Uh, when I was a young believer, I, I thought that maybe I was being self-centered if I pray for myself, and then I finally, after uh, a few years, realized if I was not praying for myself, who was going to be praying for me? And so I began to concentrate a bit more about praying for myself. But also in that, there are others all around us that are facing spiritual challenges and facing tests and difficulties. And so we put the armor on, not just for personal living, but for joining our hands with one another in the body of Christ as we live life together and live it out as Christians. And so we buckle the truth on our waist and we put the breastplate of righteousness on and by that we're declaring I am depending Lord upon the righteousness of Jesus Christ alone and so as we're putting on the armor we are consciously recognizing where am I not relying upon the righteousness of Christ how am I trusting in myself and we're, we're confessing and repenting of those things and then we have that consciousness that if I'm standing in Christ's righteousness alone, I'm not standing alone, but I'm standing with others in the body of Christ. For he has saved us with reference to the body of Christ. I mean, we are not individually, singularly a body of Christ. We're only a body by others uh, to whom the Lord has brought us and, and united us together. And so what are we to do with that kind of relationship? Well, he says, pray in the Spirit on all occasions, on uh, all kinds of opportunities, wherever a spiritual battle may be taking place. And sometimes that's in our lives, isn't it? Sometimes we're struggling, and so we're, we're agonizing in prayer. But other times we see a brother that's struggling with some kind of besetting sin. We see a young mother that's wrestling with a troubling child or we see a young person that is struggling with some kind of temptation to fall into the world we see a young couple that's struggling in marriage or we seeing we're seeing someone who is struggling with living in hope as they near the end of their lives or we're seeing a pastor shepherding the flock those are opportunities to pray and so paul tells us to pray in the Spirit on all occasions, or to take his words in 1 Thessalonians 5, we're to pray without ceasing. We're to keep on praying. So brothers and sisters, as we put on the armor of God, we're guarding our hearts from the clutter of sin. We're setting our affections upon Christ. We're relying upon him 
so that there is a readiness on our part to intercede for others in the body of Christ. The third thing we see is that the Spirit aids us in praying as spiritual warfare. He says, pray in the Spirit on all occasions. You remember what Paul says in Romans 8, 26 and 27, that in the same way the Spirit also helps our weaknesses, for we do not know how to pray as we should, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches the hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. So as we pray in the Spirit, we're being helped by the Spirit. We are being directed by the Spirit. We're being influenced by the Spirit. And I anticipate by the mercies of the Lord that tonight as we pray together, the Holy Spirit will be directing some praying in some areas that we hadn't even thought about. And so he's moving us forward. And yet sometimes when we are agonizing in prayer, we don't even know what to pray, do we? And so we have the assurance that the Holy Spirit is helping us. Have you ever had those times where you are just groaning before the Lord, you're agonizing over someone, and you, you've expended everything that you could say, and you know that it's not your words that somehow or another coaxing a reluctant d divine being into doing something. You're coming before your Father in heaven who knows your weaknesses, and he gives his spirit to help you. And sometime in that praying, we just groan before the Lord and we agonize and we cast ourselves and we cast others before the Lord. I was helped by a, a small quote from Martin Lloyd-Jones when he said, you can pray without actually uttering words. It can be unexpressed as well as oral. And that is the Holy Spirit helping us with prayers and requests. And we're not just praying for ourselves, but we're praying for one another in the body and we're praying together and we're joining together for the work of the gospel locally and the work of the gospel around the globe. The last thing that we see is that every member of the body has a part in praying as spiritual warfare. We do not all have the same gifts. We do not all have the same abilities, but we all have the same privilege and opportunity to serve the body of Christ by engaging through spiritual warfare through this means of prayer. And so Paul writes again in verse 18, say, telling us that we're to be praying in the Spirit with this in mind, be alert and always, always keep on praying for all the Lord's people or for all the saints. Stay awake, he says. Be willing to be vigilant. Be willing to be sleepless. Don't be a slacker when it comes to the body of Christ. Be on the alert. Be wide awake. Be pushing ourselves to remain alert in prayer. So brothers and sisters, he's calling us to inconvenience ourselves in all of our plans in order that we make sure that we persevere in prayer for one another. Here's where we need to remain sensitive to the urging and prompting of the Spirit, to pray in the Spirit on all occasions. Sometimes that's in the middle of the night. Sometimes the Lord wakes us up in the middle of the night, puts someone on our heart so that we can pray. Sometimes that's while we're involved in a conversation with someone and we're just 
burden to pray, maybe we stop and say, can I pray for you right now? Or maybe we go on interceding. But the Lord has given us the Lord Jesus Christ that we might gird ourselves with the armor of God and be faithful intercessors. And may the Lord bless that intercession.